Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another show of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. We are recapping the Super Bowl and our week at Radio Row, downtown Los Angeles. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's a charity stripe. Hit your free throws because they have re-sewed 400-something coming hot at you guys and sewed 400-something. We put out a lot of shows this week, a lot of cool people we interviewed. Before we get into the game, what were some of your guys' highlights of Radio Row? Nicholas, we'll go with you first, man. Um, We interviewed a lot of great people. Um, We were really fortunate to get out there and have the opportunity to meet some former athletes, some current athletes some musicians, Mm -hmm. some CEOs, presidents, Mm -hmm. um, just a bunch of great individuals. But for me, a couple of highlights, um, one being Diplo. Of course, that was awesome. Got to meet a guy that I've been watching uh, perform at music festivals for a very long time now. And I told my dad, I was like, you know, we interviewed Diplo. And he's like, who's Diplo? And I was like, "Uh, oh, he's actually the DJ that does this song and that's in the restaurant right now. Yeah, like it was a major laser song as I was telling him that. So that was pretty funny. Um, Debo Samuel was cool because, you know, I was super high on him all season long and I've been high on him just from the get go as soon as he joined the league. So that was a cool one for me. Um, we, I think honestly, one of the coolest things I think Josh, you agree with this is when we went up to Nick Hundley, former Padres catcher, um, played, I think 11 years in the league around a bunch of different teams. Now he's the assistant GM of the Texas Rangers. Um, noticed him, went up to him, say, what's up, congratulate him on the new position and just kind of just shoot the shit a little bit. Yeah. Uh, baseball that was great i mean i think he was impressed with our knowledge but also like was pumped to talk to us mm-hmm. absolutely but, i think that was a highlight for a lot of us that was a great one. yeah yeah those are those really cool moments um just being in the same you know atmosphere and environment as all those people yeah what about a lot you, of fun yeah and hopefully we get the opportunity to bring nick on the show and you know, you, the listeners can get a chance to hear from him because he's, he's a really cool guy and he's got a lot of, a lot of insight. And obviously, you know, that the experience of playing with some of those guys that he's now going after scouting, trying to trade for, um, you know, it's, it's second and none. So that, that insight was really cool to hear him kind of affirm some of the viewpoints that we've had on some MLB players. But I think that, that in and of itself, just being able to talk with Nick, Hunley and um, in that sort of fashion is exactly why Radio Row is so cool. And anyone who's listening who's interested in media, um, if you ever get the chance, opportunity to go, highly recommend that you, you go after that because it's uh, it's a once in a lifetime experience and it, it's really cool. You, you know, you, you see guys walking around that are your idols, um, you're fans of, but they're also humans and they love talking about their sport and you know, how much they put into their game and, and things that are going on. Um, so I think like that was a cool thing was just seeing how excited some of those guys were. Um, a lot of guys talking about Aaron Donald and 
obviously we can get into the Super Bowl, but he made a significant impact as he always does. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to blow up Nick Conley's phone like 2 a.m. on a Friday to <laughs> trade somebody. We said what um, up to our boy LaVarnway again, too. Brian yeah. LaVarnway. Josh and I got to put on his World Series ring. That was pretty Sweet. awesome. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I wore it for like the whole interview. Uh, we had a blast with LaVarnway. Uh, just side. You put on you put on two rings, right, Josh? No, I didn't ask. You didn't put on LeGarrett's? No, I didn't ask him an offer. I don't think he knew. I mean, LaVarnway knew I was a Sox fan from like our conversation together. We had him on private uh, previously. Um, that I was I, Josiah Johnson. Toss, you weren't there for that one. I found you weren't there for that one. You came later, but he's like one of our favorite, you know, follows on Twitter. He's so good in the NBA, and it was great talking basketball at the trade deadline with him. Uh, so that was awesome. I'll echo the Hunley thing. I loved the Stephen F, uh, Stephen Espinoza. Of oh yeah, that was great. Showtime president of Showtime Sports literally is like thinking about. It, I was like, dang, this is like a my dream job, like what this guy has. And he was so cool and so open and like, like just, you know, it was cool. Cause we, we, the Greg Kelly connection we had was great. He's an El Paso guy. Obviously he's in LA now with Showtime, but he, you know, was spearheading the Greg Kelly documentary. And that was something that, you know, we delved heavily into. Um, and so it was really good to connect with him there. There's again, like so many girly was great being with Pac-Man down there meeting some and guys that we work with, you know, in our other job, obviously I believe as producers and talent, uh, also, also saying what up to guys that have been on our show before, like yeah, Victor Eckler. Cruz and Austin Eckler and Bruce Buffer, mm-hmm. like all those guys were there and we said what up and they remembered us. Yeah, I just want to get everyone together, bring everyone in the same room and be like, what up? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was definitely if, if anyone goes and listens to that Stephen Espinoza interview, you should check out our interview with Greg Kelly that we did prior just to get a feel for what we're talking about at the top of that interview. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna tag Espinosa. I'm gonna send it to Danny Brenner, who's his PR, um, and I'm gonna double tag the interview we did with Greg Kelly and tag them together because there, there was a lot of good, obviously good call. Some, yeah, parallels in there. Also, the big one for us, the one that we closed out Radio Row with, was Pat McAfee, and that was just an all time, just busting each other's balls. He's just like so good at what he does, and such a good conversation to have with him. Um, you know, he, he's just taken over the podcast space by storm and he was a beast. Yeah. He killed radio row. I was like nervous at first. Cause it's like, hmm, it's a lot of people going up to him and like, you know, I'm kind of, it was late, but we ended up doing a really good job on that one. I felt looking back on it and like, you know, whether we're going to pop, we're going to pop that one tomorrow for horns up. Uh, so that one was really enjoyable. Um, again, yeah. And watching our coworker, Joe long snap at him and zip it right in there. He was so shocked. He asked to do a second one. That was a really big highlight as well. Radio row. Excellent time. Love minus the parking parking blue bunch of jabronis just hiking up the parking. I hated that. Like it was $20. The first thing by the time it was was the last days, like 50 shekels. It was ridiculous. Um, It was a little cold in there too. Yeah, it was, it was cold as balls. And we both got chapped lips too. My lips were so chapped, dude. It was like, I was full on Revenant at one point. It was like, it was, I was like Leo and the Revenant minus like, he still probably looked better than I did. Uh, and the, there was no bear, um, even though some of those guys like Max Crosby could have. He was so big, Max Crosby, he could have been confused for a bear. Um, I, yep. said, I said uh, the good old what up to him, too. You know, it was actually just like it was a good lesson. Like so many guys getting grabbed. good old what up. Yeah, good, got a lot of guys getting grabbed. And, you know, it's cool just going up to some people and just being, hey, congrats on a great season. We went up to Jerry Judy, see if he wanted to talk to Pac-Man. Uh, he's like, no, nah, I couldn't. And then I'm like, yo, how about we get Aaron Rodgers? Uh, to Denver, and he immediately his face lit up. His face lit. He literally rubbed his hands together, 
like i was like yo we're going to nobu all you can eat on the house and he's like yo and he was stoked um so that was cool super bowl also really cool for lack of a better word great game close finish um rams edge in the Bengals 23 to 20 cooper cup two touchdowns mvp burrow valiant once again running for his life the poorest Bengals offense on started hot and then obviously donald von miller who i thought was obviously excellent in that game they they, they get through uh, and do some serious damage odell goes down with any injury that was super scary we'll see more of that this week but he gets a ring donald gets a ring mcveigh the youngest head coach ever to win a Super Bowl at 36. He was 31 when he was hired. Um, he had made it there with Goff. I feel a little bad for Jared Goff, um, but hey, that's the business. Some takeaways for me. They asked Aaron Donald at the end, Toss and I, you were, you were a little frustrated by them asking. And Nick, I don't know if you heard this. They asked Aaron Donald if he's going to retire after the game. It's like, first of all, he could play another four or five years. Second of all, he just won the Super Bowl and he's been tr- chasing this. It's been, everyone knows, Wiley, it's everyone's dream. But Donald really has been vocal about chasing the Super Bowl and getting that ring. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was after they distributed the Lombardi Trophy to all of the Rams just coaches and, and teammates. Like it was right after the game ended. It was the first interview that they did, and I was who asked him that? One of the, the to, to Foya, I think. That's a that's a bad it. That's a bad question. She's so much better than that too. The He's thirty years old. Yeah. The other questions she asked were great. Yeah. I mean, someone might be in her ear telling her to ask that question. You never know. But it's just. I, he, he answered it great, right? He said, I, I'm here in the now. I'm just going to enjoy this win with my guys. And um, yeah, he was fantastic that entire game, though. I, Cup, certainly deserving of Super Bowl MVP, but I, I think it was maybe a little, it, it was almost like I didn't even realize how impactful Donald was until the end of that game, right? Kind of just started recalling, oh, how many times is he at least putting pressure on Burrow? You know, they the, the Bengals score quickly at the beginning of the second half. That first drive, they score in the first 30 seconds. And after that, they get one more field goal, but then the Rams de-stifled them the rest of the second half. And that was all because of the line pressure that they were that they were presenting. Yeah, absolutely. The Rams couldn't run the ball for shit. But outside of that, considering no Odell, no Higby in the game, that was mentioned often. And I don't think many people realized that was the case going in. Stafford and Cup did an excellent job. Shout out to T. Higgins, who had a phenomenal game as well. Ramsey, I felt, was a little underwhelming, but that's a tough cover. Like between Boyd, between Higgins, he didn't really see much of Boyd, but he saw Higgins for that big touchdown, and then he saw Chase for that big uh, reception. There was a bit of a face mask, but I think it balances out with all the flags and laundry going the way of the Rams in that last drive. The last drive was took a year and a day, or it was only five minutes, but it was like 14 plays. Um, I think once the Bengals shore up the offensive line issues, they're here to stay. Clearly, they've done an excellent job of signing great defensive players and Reader and Hendrickson and Hilton – and Shadobi, they bring them in the quote unquote reclamation project. Neil Apple, he's been great for them. He didn't have the he didn't have the best of games, but he he was great all season, dude. He was, especially at the end. He was really good for them all season. So I, I think they did an excellent job in scouting and developing their talent. Um, they just have to have a really strong draft in the offensive line and then obviously get some depth in the defense. But I think this is a team that's, you know, gonna be able to contend with the Chiefs and the Bills who've been heralded as the future of the AFC uh, for years to come. What do we think yeah, about? I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, I mean, they need to definitely make some acquisitions in for agency to make the offensive line stronger. I mean, it's t- it's tough because, you know, if you don't win the big game, but you're still picking towards the end of the first round. So 
it's almost like, you know, you have to, you have to really hit on a guy in free agency because the best O-linemen are not going to be there at 31. The interior guys could be though. Like you're not going to get uh, the kid from NC state, but you're not going to get the kid from right, state. The interior isn't the biggest issue in my opinion. It's the tackles. Uh, I maybe, but there was, a, they had a lot of trouble on the inside with Donald's like get a guy. Well, like it's, it's Aaron Donald. Anyone has trouble with him, but it did a trouble with Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans. The, the, and I guess those two of the best defensive players, but like the Raiders game, they had trouble with Max Crosby. Yeah. I mean, look, he, again, it's Max Crosby. He's, he's, a, he's a pro bowler. These guys are point being, you could still get a good guard and a good offensive lineman at the end of the first round. You get a good, good you could get a good offensive lineman really anywhere. You just have to hit, hit on this pick. And I think guys like Zion Johnson out of Boston College, I know we're far from draft season. Um, he's a good guard they can look at. Kenyon Green from AM. These are good guards that can maybe fall to them, uh, depending on how players are picked. I would say. But yeah, I mean they gotta they definitely yeah. have to address it. They have Burrow on a rookie contract still, so now's the time to spend some cash. Um, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination this was a fluke season. A trio of wide receivers, their running back, and obviously the quarterback are, are lethal. And I, for that matter, I think we've discussed this in previous shows. I don't think this is the end of the road for the Rams either. I still think they could run it back. But Toss, you had a question? No, I, I was more so going to pose on, on the topic of the Rams. For all intents and purposes, this was an NFL super team, right? This is a team that was created based off of trades and a lot of that, you know, getting rid of their draft capital to bring guys in OBJ, Ramsey a couple years ago. Um, obviously, Donald, you know, started with them, but it, they bring Stafford in too. It, it's basically two years in a row that we've had quote unquote super teams that have won the NFL Super Bowl. Yeah. So do we think that this is a trend that other teams are going to try and repeat um, GMs that are looking at what the Rams and the Bucks did their recipe for success and thinking that they can do the same. Obviously there are, there are core pieces that you have to have, right. That being an edge rusher quarterback um, always helps to have an elite DB, but, and, and, you know, plenty of weapons for that quarterback to utilize but do we think that a lot of GMs are going to kind of take this approach and, and maybe fall prey because it is hard to replicate? We've seen teams fail at it. You saw the, the I'm not saying the Seahawks necessarily went out and got a super team, but they moved heavy draft capital against Jamal Adams, who they thought, like you're saying, was that superstar defensive back. They also missed, missed on a lot of draft picks. I think teams should 100% do it. First of all, the Rams have mortgaged the future. And quite frankly, I, you guys know I love the draft and I love that I see the value in the draft but i'm looking at it and going okay let's sneak and continue to do this unless people start rejecting him and, and cut him off for all intents and purposes we could be underwater atlantis style in 2050 and he could keep mortgaging and mortgaging the future and never have to pay the debt yeah so, yeah i mean i think for me what jumps out are the teams like the Bengals, right like the Chargers, who have young, incredibly talented quarterbacks, do they just start getting quite liberal with moving their draft capital to bring in guys that are ready to win right now to provide support for their incredible playmaking QBs? I think it depends. I think that those are teams. Are, it's a good point. Those teams have been like the Bills have had the fortune of drafting well. Same with the Chiefs, um, Chargers. They had a couple injury moments, COVID moments throughout the year, and I think their year would have shaken out differently had, had they had that, that one game against Houston, obviously, was a killer. Um, 
I don't necessarily – I don't know if they're in a position because I still think the Chargers have holes, and obviously we've discussed the whole Bengals' holes in the offensive line. And I still think – I would like to see them replenish the defensive backfield. Um, but they could do that via trade. They could go after Xavier Howard in, in Miami if he becomes available uh, and expendable to them. They're, you know, kind of, they're not restarting, but it's definitely a fresh start with the new head coach, Mike McDaniel. Um, so I think the Bengals are closer to doing that than the Chargers. I still think the Chargers should build through the draft, but there are teams like the Colts who have the talent, like you're saying, they have a quarterback. Yeah, they have DeForest Buckner, who they're yep. willing to spend on that they've done that. They've spent the first round pick on DeForest Buckner. Now Murmurs of a trade that's in the works already today. Yeah. Talks of, of Wentz going who knows where, but anywhere to get that guy out and a better QB in. Well, he's, yeah. they've lost a the first round pick on him, and they right. most they'll get back as a fourth. The difference between those two super teams that you mentioned of the Buccaneers and then, of course, this team that just won is they added a quarterback, right? Being Stafford and Brady, um, guys that are veterans in the league that are, you know, heralded as, as the best, you know, top 10 style quarterbacks. So you look at teams that could make that jump that need that guy and the guys that are available, for example, maybe Aaron Rodgers, potentially Russell Wilson, um, you got to look and say, maybe it's the bucks again, right? Now they don't have a quarterback, um, a team like, uh, the debt, the Broncos. I mean, they've got a great defense. They're competitive. If they go out and get a real quarterback in there with some good, you know, young receivers, like we just mentioned Judy earlier at the top. I mean, I think that those are some teams that can, can make that play, but it all starts with the quarterback. I mean, I think with those teams like the chargers and of course the Bengals that we just mentioned, and even the bills and, and the chiefs, their their holes are a little bit harder to address. Like, especially if you're looking for guys in the draft or you have to go through free agency. I mean, there's there's a lot of them out there, but there's a lot more that needs to happen within the Chargers, right? They need to fill the defensive line. They need to fill the defensive backfield. With like Buccaneers, I mean, they get back to the, the playoffs next year if they have a quarterback. Easily. The division's weak sauce. Yeah, I think it's. I think a lot of things have to break. Like a lot of things have to break the Bengals' way. Browns combusted. Ravens were the were the top team. Lamar gets hurt, and then there's COVID issues, and they're whole, they were hurt from the jump. The they might be back next year. The, I think the Ravens like have a chance to be a contender next year. Every single year since the Panthers did it, I believe in 2015, a team that has gone f- less than 500 the year before has made the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens would be my pick to be the team that was under 500. They were like eight and nine to go and go to the Super Bowl, not win, but go. Um, but I think the Bengals, obviously, again, like I've said here to stay, but a lot of things broke their way for the Rams. <laughs> the Niners definitely need to turn their attention to Lance and hope that he can take that next step. Although Jimmy G and, and that Niners team got to another NFC championship game. I think there's a lot of we one team you didn't bring up. And I don't know if this is just a slipping head, but I think that the Steelers. Steal the, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Like, is he in that mix of guys you kind of build around? I mean, there's murmurs of him being moved potentially because he's unhappy. But the Steelers are, are, are a logical destination. It just has to be lightning in a bottle. I think the Colts are the perfect team to kind of go the super team route. They have a great organization in place to begin with. That we know. They have Darius Leonard. They have DeForest Buckner. That's your stalwarts on defense. And Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is incredible. The offensive line is just as fantastic. All you really need to do is go get the right guy. And if Rodgers, if Russell Wilson, if these guys become unveiled, like, look, Rodgers might be a tougher sell. He's a Cali kid and he's a bit of a prima donna, but Russell Wilson is from middle America. He's from Cincinnati. So he's a bit more of an easy sell. 
we took, or sorry, we talked to a Colts player at Radio Row. We're not going to say who it was. And just talked about the organization. He's like, yeah, we need a real quarterback in there. Like, they know it themselves that they need a quarterback, and Wentz is not the guy. No chance. He, it's Forget the last game of the season. There's other games throughout the year where if they had a real quarterback, they win. Yeah, you, just point you, don't drop that, you don't drop that game against the Jacks, that's for sure. If you have a real quarterback, no chance. Yeah, that's and that's one game. Do yeah, we – yeah. Yeah, another, another question just based off of the game. I don't want to take away anything from these two teams, especially the Rams who won the Super Bowl. But to me, it was a good game. Mm-hmm. To me, it felt pretty apparent that these were not the two best teams in the NFL. Do, it, am I off base there? No. I think the Chiefs completely blew it. I think the Bills and the Chiefs are both better than both these teams. Um, Bills, Rams is interesting toss up to me. I think the Rams are in the mix. I think the Chiefs still are the best team. I think, I think the Packers. Bills, I mean, the Packers flopped. They yeah. blew it. They blew it. The Packers came out very flat, and that bye week hurt them. I think the Titans are a, were a fluke of a one seed. Obviously, Nick, you mentioned the Bills and the Chiefs. I think the Rams are in the mix. I think if no, if Godwin doesn't get hurt, I think things are completely different. To be honest, what happened if AB doesn't walk either? If AB and Godwin don't leave the team, then I think we're talking. This is they don't, I don't think the Rams are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that game got out of hand early, and they almost came back and won. That was also really, a, that was a crazy start to that game that they they really lost the handle on that one. But a really cool, really cool win, obviously, um, for the Rams. McVeigh thirty six and a Super Bowl champion. That's incredible from a coaching standpoint. Um, uh, I, I was hearing one. murmurs that speaking of Donald retiring, McVeigh could hang it up and just become a media personality. It's something that he's incredible at. Um, he's got a brilliant football mind, obviously, and he's got a great personality too. Um, he's starting trying to start a family. So I, I don't expect it to happen. I think that there's still a lot of football for him to win, but it's interesting. Interesting consideration. Yeah. I don't see that one. I don't see it happening. Cause I think a, as a coach, like you want to become one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like you're always going to be chasing like Bill Belichick. Right. I mean, you want to go out and win multiple Super Bowls. And the fact that he's done it before the age of 40 is already incredible. And he's got an opportunity to, you know, consider himself as one of the best coaches of all time if he continues to have a nice career. I mean, he's, I mean, let's just put this on a big hypothetical. He could be coaching for another 30 years. Right. Oh, maybe 40 years. But would it be a smart strategy as we talked about how they've mortgaged the future to win while you can? then duck out, make a lot of money as a media personality and get back in it when you know you have a team that you can build with. I mean, at a certain point, the Rams are, you know, it's going to bite them in the ass. Yeah, well, how long has how long is his contract? I mean, good question. Uh, yeah, the Bill Cower was, I mean, he's only gotten 36. Bill Cower could have kept coaching, for sure. He ducked yeah, out I mean, it's all personality. I mean, Tony Romo could have continued to play football. Mm, I think he was Toast Malone. I think he still could have played. That's a that's a coin flip, um, but Bill Cowher for sure could have coached. He went he I think he retired like forty six, and he coached for fourteen years. McVay's been coaching for six years. I'm sure he'll coach ten years. But like if he was like coached like he was forty four, he was the head coach of the Rams from age thirty one to forty four, and he hung it up. Like you can't really fault the guy, especially like what we're saying. He's more they've mortgaged the future, and you, you kind of you know squeezed every last drop out of what you've got. Yeah. 
I'm happy with the Rams one though. I know we love we love the Bengals on the show. We love Joey B. We love Chase. You know, we we've come to love the LSU squad. I'm a big Boyd guy, but I am happy. It's good to see Donald win. It's good to see Stafford win, especially with you know everything's going on with Stafford. It's cool they win in their home stadium for the second year in a row. A team wins it in their home stadium. It's never happened before since since last year, and just did it back to back years. I do think that this spells trouble though for the Los Angeles Chargers in terms of their fans because. I think everyone knew right from the jump that when these two teams came to LA, it was a race for who can win first. And there's going to be a lot of new Rams fans that emerge out of LA and it, it could be troublesome for the Los Angeles chargers. They might, you know, struggle as they have been to, to find a real fan base. And we talked to another guy who played for the chargers organization um, this week. And he had mentioned that like, this family are, is already regretting making this move. I mean, they're in a lot of debt. They're not technically even the owners of the stadium and the people that do own the stadium just won the championship. Can't feel great. No, there's a lot of pressure for sure. They're and the most pressure on the team. Not sure what this means. Cause it's just my individual kind of vantage, but driving around the city the last couple of days, obviously people are coming in town for the Super Bowl, but there were a lot of Rams fans people vocal about how much they like the Rams, how much they want them to win. Um, it did not feel like a city that was split. There were certainly some Cincinnati people here, but, um, and I, you know, they mentioned on the telecast that it's 50, 50 in the stadium, but that doesn't mean anything as to what the city is feeling. And it is a Rams city right now. And it, those numbers are going to grow. Like you're saying, Nick. So, people you know, are- they, they, they bring, they bring them back next year. Or at least they get another playoff bid. Like, it's going to do a lot. It's going to get, continue to grow that fan base. Floozies in Los Angeles, a bunch of floozy fans. They will bandwagon the shit out of this team. They will jump on their team. They for sure. People in Los Angeles love Los Angeles. I will say that the Los Angeles heights, like they people really are, are about it. Like the Dodger fans, a lot of them don't know other teams other than the Dodgers, but they love the shit out of the Dodgers. I can see this kind of, you know, snowballing for the Rams. I do think the chargers have appeal though. So if they could come out strong next season, it bodes well for them. Real quick, to end it, Super Bowl picks next year. Gun to your head, gut check reaction, AFC, NFC. <laughs> You've had time to think about it, so you go first. No, I haven't. I just came up with this question. I will go first, but I did just come up with this question. This was not me, like, you know, back in my mind going, I'm going to throw these guys in the spot. Okay. I think whoever... If either the Chiefs or the Bills, whoever has home field advantage next year, goes for the AFC, I'm going to go with the Bills because I can't stand the Mahomes family. And it pains me to say this, but I think Buffalo's time is, is coming close. I think they take a lot away from that win in Kansas City. I think it stings them watching Cincinnati go and and, and beat Kansas City. Um, and then in, in their home stadium. So I'm going to go with them. I don't know what's going to go on with the Packers. So that's a tough sell. I think the Rams go back. I think Rams bills in Arizona next year. Hot take. That's what I'm going with. It's not a bad pick at all. I mean, both those teams aren't losing a lot of players. And I mean, the Rams being the favorite, probably heading into the season, of course, after just coming off of win. And I think that's a good pick. Uh, the bills are interesting as well. I've definitely put them in my, my top three, but I, I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. 
just because I think they were the best team this season mm. and they blew it. Like we just mentioned. And I think Mahomes is pissed. And so is Andy Reed and they're coming from blood. Yeah, I would be. And I have them going up against if Rogers stays then it's gotta be the Packers in my opinion, but if he's gone, anything could happen. I'll take the safe bet and say the Rams as well. Yeah, I agree with Nick. I think that they part of the season for the Chiefs, the the first half of it, you know, they didn't really come into form until the second half of the season. And some of that has to be from the hangover, right? Of playing in the Super Bowl three seasons in a row. Yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, it's it's crazy that they were even able to do that. So I I, I agree with Nick. I think Mahomes comes back focused, ready to go, primed at the beginning of the season. Hill, Kelsey, both healthy. They've got this new offensive line. The the running backs, you know, they'll have that room sorted out. CEH will be healthy and whoever else is with them, you you expect. And then the defense needs to get shored up, right? They went and they went and helped out the offensive line last offseason. Now it's time to address the defense. They need a wide receiver too. This Mikol Hardman and Sammy Watkins bit that they've been running around the last. Well, Watkins has been Demarcus Robinson and whoever else they can. Brian Pringle and they, they got to figure out someone. Yeah, they need a legit too. A draft. Um, yeah, and they can get someone in the draft. Nick, you're so right. Yeah. Like spend the capital there and, and go get you one. Um, right. The NFC, I, yeah, the Packers. It's too hard to put them in there for me because I just I don't believe that Rogers is going to be back there. I don't know if Devonte Adams is going to be back there either. I don't know where he's going to end up, but he could end up in the AFC. And maybe he jumps on board with one of these teams that we've deemed, you know, a kind of super team contender where if they bring in Aaron Rodgers, everything looks great there. Um, the Steelers would be one of those teams for me. I think that they made the playoffs with Big Ben. How many times did we persecute Big Ben in his, in his last year as an NFL quarterback? I mean, they shouldn't have been there in the first place, but their defense is great. They've got TJ Watt, who's a defensive player of the year. Um, other guys in defensive backfield like Minka are, are awesome. And Najee is their, their new workhorse back. Good offensive line. The weapons are there. I mean, you know me. I like talking myself into a competitive Steelers team. Uh, I love, but, you love it. Are you you going to be by a No, but they really, Bergen, like, they've got a good, what, they've got a coach who's up. never had a losing record. They're like, great. Yeah, they're, he's great. He's an there's no reason player. why if they get a competent QB, they shouldn't be a playoff team and a contender. Um, Cam Hayward, shout out to him. He was one of my favorite people I met. He's a Steeler. Yeah. He's excellent. So, I think it's it's got to be the Rams with, yeah. uh, meeting the Chiefs, but I, the only other like continuity team that's there in the NFC, in my mind, is the Cowboys. Like, And they need to take that next step and be a contender next year, a true contender. Yeah. Um, because the 49ers pieces. are going to have a different quarterback. Yeah. And the Bucks are going to have a different quarterback. Like there's no reason why the Cowboys shouldn't be the number two seed in the NFC next year. If not the number one seed, this is, this is the time. Like you got to get it done. Okay. So, so we're going to go Rams chiefs. So sorry, Toss, you had Rams chiefs. Yeah. With the dark horse Cowboys. Nick Rams chiefs. I don't want to pick the Rams, but like okay. they just won. So I have to. I'm Rams bills with the chiefs, obviously uh, undertone with shade of the chiefs and Nick, you were chiefs in the, who was your NFC team again? Rams as well, but I'll, I'll take the Dark Horse Ravens. Nice. The Ravens. Nice. Yeah, they're, they've had some really good games this year. I mean, they beat the crap out of the Chargers, um, a good football team, and they were just so injury-prone all season long. Lamar was in and out, and, you know, of course, they lose Dobbins as well. 
he's going to come back next season, uh, you know, get another year with all those receivers to kind of gel together. They've got some great weapons. The defense is always good. And Harbaugh is a great coach. And you just mentioned as well that every year since 2001 or whatever the year is, that a team below 500 makes it to the Super Bowl the next year. And the Ravens lost more games than they won. Quick Eight and nine. My, <laughs> my dark horse on the AFC is the guys that were just there tonight. I think, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals made it back to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't be surprised at all. No chance. Yeah, it's hard to count them out with Joe Burrow and those receivers. We'll see this. Yeah, I hope Dobbins comes back healthy. They could draft him in fantasy. <laughs> Dobbins the elf this is a good name. Um, on that note, uh, fans out there, listen to our ads after the song because they're all coming. Drag both feet inbound, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they're free. Hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. They're free. Shout out to the Rams for winning. We outshow. We love you. And we got some advertisements for you guys. All right, here we go. Let's do it right now. Go to BetterHelp. I want I want you to start living a happier life today. How about that? As a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash charity stripe. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. So convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. I love this. Go to BetterHelp dot com slash charity stripe that's sponsor number one y'all already know who sponsor number two is that's betonline.ag use the promo code believe go there right now 50 percent welcome bonus in your first deposit go to go to it i don't even need to say who it is you know you know who i'm talking about betonline.ag code believe all right What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you a peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you can face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure normally i'd redo that but there was no way i was getting encryption right on the fly but i did i did just there so nice there we go plus you can use nordvpn on all of your computers devices no matter the operating system with nordvpn's unlimited bandwidth you never have to worry about slow connection ether and plans to start at under four dollars per month oh that's great so grab your exclusive nordvpn deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the promo code b-l-e-a-v believe to get your 70 percent off your nordvpn so it's like what one dollar plus one additional month free it's also risk-free with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee that is awesome and finally how about you invest let's invest some money right go to masterworks we're teaming up with them. I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with unique promo code. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. Masterworks.art slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. 
Go there. Masterworks. Go to all our sponsors. Shout out to Darren Sproles, Kef Media for setting that up. Yahoo Sports. We love them. Fans out there, drag both feet around, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. We out you. We love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.